Hi, this is Melissa with Mixin' Some Magic. Welcome to my podcast. Welcome, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I hope you're having a wonderful week. Hope it's not too cold where you are. It's pretty chilly here. We've been getting snow the last couple of days. Uh, I'm just over it. Ugh, what are you going to do though? Just staying inside, snuggling in my Disneyland sweatshirts, trying to keep warm, that sort of thing. We're going to get through it. It'll be spring soon enough. <laughs> there was some exciting news that dropped from the Disneyland Resort yesterday. So on April 22nd of this year, 2022, then we are getting nighttime entertainment back, which is so exciting. So on April 22nd, the Main Street Electrical Parade will be back at Disneyland and they're going to have um, the traditional floats that they've always had, but they have some special floats that they've added like an Encanto float. So it's going to be really exciting. They're also going to be having the Disneyland Forever Fireworks Spectacular beginning that night. Everyone's missed that and World of Color will finally be back that night as well, which is wonderful because how long has World of Color been gone? I mean, it was pre-COVID that World of Color, they started working on revamping that whole thing. So that will be super exciting. And then on May 28th, Fantasmic will make its grand re-debut. Is re-debut a word? I don't know, but it's going to make its return. How about that? On May 28th, just in time for summer crowds. That will be really exciting. I love Fantasmic. I love World of Color. I love the Main Street Electric Parade. That's probably my favorite parade. There's lots of fun memories tied up from when I was little and visiting Disneyland. And then when the we took our kids to Disneyland for the very first time, the Main Street Electrical Parade was running. So our kids got to experience it on their first Disney trip. So it's just kind of special to me. I'm excited to see it. Um, as luck would have it, I am actually going to be at Disneyland on April 22nd when this all begins. Uh, I had a trip planned beforehand with my girls and it just kind of all worked out that I'll be able to be there for this exciting stuff that's happening so I'm really happy about that. We'll be at DCA that day so I'll be able to catch World of Color for sure but I'm hoping to park up over and also hit the parade. We'll see how it goes but that's my plan. Um, I'm excited. It's going to be really fun. So if you're thinking about a spring break vacation or a summer vacation it's not too late to book Disneyland tickets and go to Disneyland. I just booked some tickets for my girls yesterday for Disneyland. I made reservations for April. There's still tons of reservations open. I don't know how long they'll last, but as of now, you can book Disneyland tickets. You can make park reservations for spring and summer. So if you're thinking we need to get out of here, we're sick of the snow or the cold or whatever you're sick of, Disneyland's always a great option for a vacation. You can find a link in my show notes to Getaway Today where they have discount park tickets, discount hotels. I love them because they have the best customer service. Such wonderful people over there who really care about your vacation and really want to make sure that you have the very best time possible. So check them out. They even have layaway plans. So if you want to visit later in the summer or if you're like, we really want to go for Halloween, 
book it now, just make payments so that you can be ready to go as soon as the Oogie Boogie Bash tickets drop. You could already have a hotel booked, things like that. So start thinking ahead for fall, even for Christmas. If you're wanting to visit for Christmas time next year, it's always a good idea to plan ahead, especially since Disneyland raises ticket prices randomly, it seems. Usually they raise them in February. It hasn't happened this year, but they raised them in November last year. So who knows? They could really raise ticket prices anytime. We just don't know. Hopefully it won't be for a while, but if you book with Getaway Today, you can lock in your ticket prices now and then you won't have to worry when Disneyland raises their prices, which they will eventually. That's one thing we can always count on. Well, today I want to talk about rope dropping Disneyland. I get questions all the time about what is rope dropping? Because some people don't know what it means. How do you rope drop? What should you rope drop? Who should rope drop? Can anyone rope drop? Um, what ride should you not rope drop? What's the best way to rope drop? All kinds of questions about rope dropping. And there's a lot of people who don't really know how it works. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to talk all about rope dropping and I'm going to give you my tips and tricks so that you can rope drop efficiently. There's a lot of people I see rope dropping that are doing it the wrong way. I don't want that to be you. If you're going to go to all the trouble of getting up early and being to the park so that you can rope drop, you don't want to screw it up by hitting the wrong ride first. So we're going to talk all about that. You're going to leave with tons of information so that you can feel confident rope dropping on your next vacation. So let's take a quick break and when we come back we'll get into rope dropping at Disneyland. Don't go anywhere, you're listening to Mix In Some Magic. like getting presents in the mail? That's kind of a silly question. Of course you like getting presents in the mail. Everyone likes getting presents in the mail. That's why I started my magic mail giveaways. So every single month I give away something different to my newsletter subscribers. I just pick somebody randomly from my list and I send them magic mail. Sometimes it's gift cards, sometimes it's Mickey ears, sometimes it's treats that I buy when I'm in the parks. It's different every month. I just pick somebody and sprinkle a little magic into their mail. So if you want to be a part of this, all you have to do is sign up for my newsletter. I don't send out tons of emails, so you don't have to worry about that. Maybe one a month, only with good information that I think will be helpful for you to know about Disneyland. But when you're signed up, then you're automatically entered each month into my magic mail giveaway. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes so that you can make sure and sign up so that you can be entered every single month automatically. And who knows, you might win something. I think we could all use a little magic in our mailbox. Check it out. It's a really fun thing. Right, let's talk all about rope dropping at Disneyland. So if you've ever been to Disneyland or if you've done any research on Disneyland, I'm sure you've heard the term rope dropping. Rope dropping is a really great Disneyland strategy that can save you from waiting in the very longest lines if 
you do it correctly. And why wait longer in line than you have to? That's my motto. So I'm a huge fan of rope dropping Disneyland and I use it almost every single time I visit. There are times that I need to sleep in and I just can't make it and that's okay too. So don't feel like if you can't rope drop that your Disneyland vacation is totally ruined and there's no point in even going. That is definitely not the case. But for people who want to and are able to, it's a really great strategy. I find that rope dropping is the best way to experience the lowest crowds at the Disney theme parks, both Disneyland and Disney World. I've rope dropped both, but today we're going to be talking specifically about Disneyland. So I know you're going to love rope dropping once you get into it. Let's start off with very basic, what is rope dropping? So rope drop at Disneyland refers to being inside one of the Disney parks right when they open up. Um, it doesn't mean like you're getting to the Disneyland parking lot when it opens at say the park opens at 8 a.m. or you're getting to security at 8 a.m. It means that you are in front of a rope that they stretch across one of the lands or in front of the castle right at 8 a.m. so that you are one of the very first people into the parks. So Disneyland starts letting guests into their parks about 30 minutes before the park officially opens. So you're allowed to enter Main Street or Buena Vista Street in California Adventure and walk all the way to the end of Main Street before you're stopped by cast members holding a rope. They kind of stretch it out the length of the road and there you can stop. So if you are up close to the rope, that's called rope dropping because you are there right at 8 a.m. when the cast members drop the rope. So when the park opens, you need to check that for the official park opening on the day you're visiting. It's not always 8 a.m. I'm just throwing that out because I needed to pick a time. But sometimes it's 9. Make sure you know because that's really key in rope dropping is knowing what time the park actually opens. So when the park officially opens, you'll hear an announcement welcoming you to the park for the day. Cast members will remove the rope and you'll be free to head to your favorite Disney park attraction. So essentially rope drop means that you're one of the very first people to enter the parks for the day and it's really kind of exciting and rush a rush. It kind of gives me anxiety too. We'll talk all about that but there is no cost to rope drop. Anybody can do it. It's not extra. It's not like magic morning or extra magic hour. Anybody can do it. You just have to be there early. All right let's talk about why you should rope drop. Rope dropping at Disneyland is a really great strategy to help you avoid the long wait times. The shortest wait times at Disneyland are during the first two hours after the park opens. So by rope dropping, you can take full advantage of the short wait times and get on the most popular attractions that are going to have longer waits later in the day. Um, so like if you're rope dropping and you are in front of the rope at 8 a.m., you are about an hour ahead of all the people who are just getting to Disneyland parking at 8 a.m. Those people are going to have to park. They're going to have to take the tram or walk. Then they're going to have to do the security and then they're going to have to get through the ticket gates. They're going to walk all the way down Main Street and then they're going to be getting on rides but not you because you got there extra early. So you are getting on rides right at 8 a.m. when everyone else is just starting to show up. So that is the huge benefit of rope dropping. You are beating the crowds. All right, let's talk how to rope drop. Rope drop involves getting up early. There's just no way around it. I don't want to be the one to tell you that, but it's true. If you want to rope drop, 
then sleeping in on your Disney vacation is not in the cards because you have to be up and ready to go early. So if you're not able to get up early, if your kids aren't able to get up early, then rope dropping might not be the best strategy for you. Because in order to rope drop efficiently, you'll need to arrive at security at least 60 minutes before the park opens. Now, if you're visiting on a very busy time, if you're visiting during spring break or you're visiting during Thanksgiving or if you are during the summer when crowds are higher, I recommend even more time, so maybe even 90 minutes early, just so that you can be at the very front of the crowd. So kind of gauge it on how busy it is when you're visiting, but at least 60 minutes. Even during a busy time, if you're there 60, 70 minutes early, then you'll be in good shape, a lot better shape than the people who are still in their hotel room sleeping. So you're going to get to the parks early, 60 minutes early, let's say 70 minutes early, just to be safe. And you're going to go through security. The lines at security won't be crazy long because there's not as many people. Then you're going to get in line at the gate, the main gate. You'll be standing there for a little while until Disneyland opens the parks. They usually open them about 30 minutes before park opens on really low crowd days. I've seen them be about 20 minutes before the park opens, but they'll open it up and start letting people through the gate. Once you're inside the park, then you're going to head straight to your first attraction. So whatever you decide you're going to be rope dropping, whatever attraction, you're going to head there until you are stopped by a cast member and can't go any further. Sometimes there's an actual rope. Sometimes there's just cast members standing there holding people back. But you'll wait there until the park is officially open. Now, fair warning, in this moment, you might panic a little bit because it is going to seem crowded. You're going to look around and think, oh my goodness, there's so many people here. What have we done? This is going to be the craziest day at Disneyland. Where did all these people come from? But that's not the case. You just need to take a minute, calm down. It's going to be fine. It just seems like there's a lot of people there because there is nowhere for all these people to go. But once the parks open, they will start dispersing and it will thin out and it will be very low crowds for the first couple of hours. Um, I was at Disneyland, I don't know how long ago, several months ago with my cousin who had never rope dropped before. And so I was telling her all about it. I'm like, we have got to rope drop. Trust me, you're going to love it. We're going to be get on get on so many rides first thing in the morning without the long waits without crowds and so she was all for it of course and when we got to the rope and we were waiting with all these throngs of people she was stressed and she was like this can't be right the crowd levels were supposed to be lower today why are there so many people and I kept telling her don't worry calm down it's gonna be fine it really will they'll spread out and they did and she was so excited about it once they all kind of trickled off to their own places then it was very low crowds and we were able to do a ton and she is a rope dropper for life now now it's not enough to just be at rope drop early i mean you it should be enough but there is some strategy involved in selecting which attraction you should do first it's not wise to run off to certain attractions and i will tell you why so there's several attractions that i don't recommend when rope dropping number one on my list is rise of the resistance for some reason the majority of disney park guests seem to think that the new star wars attraction in galaxy's edge is going to be less crowded in the morning And while this is true of most attractions at Disneyland, 
It is not true of Rise of the Resistance. Hundreds of guests rush there every single morning, making the very first couple of hours of the park day on that attraction the very most busy of the entire day. So you don't want to go there. That is the same for Peter Pan. Bunches of people rush into Fantasyland trying to be the first one on Peter Pan's flight thinking that they'll get a shorter wait time when in fact they're actually waiting longer than they would if they had just waited until later in the day. And the very worst part about rope dropping Rise of the Resistance or Peter Pan is that these poor people are now wasting prime morning hours that are famous for low crowds in long lines. So they're waiting for... 45 minutes in Peter Pan when they could have hit, you know, five or six attractions in those 45 minutes with low wait times. Instead, they've just checked Peter Pan off their list. They could have done that later in the day and waited less time. So now that we've talked about which attractions to not rope drop at Disneyland, let's talk about which attractions you should rope drop at Disneyland. There is a long, long list which attractions you decide to go for first really kind of depend on you and your group and what you want to accomplish during your day. I like to check off some of the really big ticket attractions during the first two hours. I usually rope drop Big Thunder Mountain and then head to Jungle Cruise, Indiana Jones, Pirates, and then Haunted Mansion. So I'm able to check off five big rides in the first 90 minutes or so of the park being open. Or some days I'll start with Space Mountain and then do Star Tours and Buzz Lightyear, Matterhorn, Alice in Wonderland. Again, I get five big rides checked off my list in the first 90 minutes with minimal wait times and that is a big deal. Now, if you're not really interested in riding some of those bigger rides, maybe you have smaller kids or maybe you're using Genie Plus that day and want to save those attractions and use them with Genie Plus, which is a good idea. I have a whole podcast episode all about Genie Plus. I think it was last week. So go back and listen to that if you're confused about Genie Plus or need more information because there's tons of info there. I'll also put a link in my show notes about Genie Plus. I have a bunch of information on the website so you can check that out. But if you're like, we don't want to rope drop the bigger rides, we're going to go for that with Genie Plus later in the day, or you just have small kids who can't ride those or they are not interested in it, then Fantasyland is a great place to start. This land is perfect for small kids to start their day, and it has some of my favorite attractions, especially if you have kids who have never been to Disneyland before or really any amusement park. You don't want to throw them on Space Mountain right off the gate or Haunted Mansion or even Pirates. It might be too much for them, and Fantasyland might be the perfect way to kind of ease them into the Disney experience. You don't want to scare them and then have them afraid to ride big rides later in the day. Also, side note, did you know that if you are the very first group on Storyboat, sorry, Storybook Land Canal Boats, that's really hard to say. I always call it the Storyboats. That's not right. It's the Storybook Land Canal Boats. If you're the first group in line for the day, then you get to sign the captain's book, which is pretty adorable. I've never done it before, but it is high on my list of things to do someday. 
Okay, we're going to jump on over to California Adventure and we're going to talk about which attractions to not rope drop at California Adventure. So top of my list, just I have a list, just like Disneyland, California Adventure has a couple of rides that you should steer clear of during the morning hours. Number one is Web Slingers, the new Spider-Man attraction at Avengers Campus. So just like Rise of the Resistance, hundreds of guests are going to descend there every morning to try to get lower wait times. Don't do this. This is not going to be you. It really isn't. You can wait a couple of hours and the wait times will be a little shorter than they are first thing in the morning. So save that for later in the day. Um, The second one is Radiator Springs Racers. This is such a popular attraction and it is swarmed in the morning with frantic guests trying to ride it very first thing. And it's actually quite stressful trying to be the first few people onto this attraction first thing in the morning. My friend Ashley actually has a funny story about rope dropping Radiator Springs racers with her family. So I asked her to send me a little audio clip of her story so that I can share it with you. So let's listen to Ashley and her Radiator Springs racers rope dropping story. Hello, Disney friends. I'm Ashley Dixon. I'm Disney planner babe over on Instagram. And on Facebook, I run a group called Disneyland Planning Tips and Tricks. And I'm also the self-proclaimed queen of rope drop. (laughs) My Facebook group even had a shirt made for me that has a little crown on it and says rope drop queen. So I love, love, love rope drop. I have a million successful rope drop stories and a few that aren't so successful. And I want to share one of those stories with you today. So... You should know when people say head to Radiator Springs Racers first, that takes a special kind of rope drop to pull that off. You have to be really early. Um, You have to be up near the rope in front of the crowds because if you're in the middle or toward the back of the crowds and you still try to head for Radiator Springs Racers first, you will be in a big long line and it will take the whole first 45 minutes to an hour of your morning, and that's not how you want to spend that that valuable, precious time. So we had gone to DCA, um, my husband and my three little boys and I. My three little boys are no stranger to Disneyland. We go on Disneyland trips often, and we rope drop almost every day. Um, and they know the tips and the tricks and what to do and what not to do. And I had told them, you guys, we are not close enough to the front of the crowd to make it to Radiator Springs Racers. We should not go there first. Let's switch the plan. You know, we're having this conversation while we're standing toward the middle or the back of the rope drop crowd because we weren't, we just weren't early enough that day. And my three little boys are saying, mom, come on, we want to do Radiator Springs Racers first. And I kept trying to tell them, we, we really shouldn't do that. You guys aren't going to have a good experience. Like, you need to believe me. Mother knows best. And they just were like so adamant. We want to do Radiator Springs Racers first. And in that moment, I kind of went, okay. <laughs> Knowing exactly what was to come, I just, okay, if you're sure, we'll do it. And with this little smug smile on my face, we made it to Radiator Springs Racers It took us 65 minutes to get on the ride, and my boys were complaining the whole time, oh my gosh, what have we done? (laughs) And I was like, yep, you will listen to me from now on. So that's kind of just a funny story. Um, I'm glad that we did have that moment 
Um, because it really goes to show if you want to hit Radiator Springs Racers or Web Slingers or Rise of the Resistance or even Peter Pan, some of these uh, like very high-end demand rides, if you want to hit those at Rope Drop, you've got to be to the parks as early as possible. I know a lot of Disney influencers, bloggers, Instagrammers tell you, you know, 30, 45, 60 minutes early. And I tell my people, if everyone else is saying 30 to 60 minutes, I'm going to tell you 65 minutes or 70 minutes (laughs) as early as you can possibly be so that you are at the front of that rope, the front of the crowds, and can just make that first hour of the day marvelous. Oh, thank you so much, Ashley, for sending that in. I love it. I think your kids learned a valuable lesson. <laughs> All right, let's talk about which attractions to rope drop at California Adventure. Just like Disneyland, there's so many great options and there's really no wrong one except for the ones that I've mentioned. I usually like to head to Guardians of the Galaxy, which is one that is a little trickier to rope drop. A lot of people do go there, but if you are one of the first people, rope dropping Guardians is a great option. Um, Or I like to head over to Pixar Pier, so you can get a lot done at Pixar Pier first thing in the morning. You could do Goofy Sky School, Incredicoaster, Toy Story, plus a few extra all within the first hour, hour and a half. It's a great place to start. Save Little Mermaid for later in the day because that attraction always has the shortest wait time. So don't rope drop Little Mermaid. Okay, I know there are people out there that are saying, but I heard it's best to rope drop the biggest rides first. Um, I'm sure you have heard this. There's lots of Disney influencers, Disney bloggers that recommend this. Um, I'm sure you've heard stories of people that say, but I rope dropped Rise of the Resistance and it had a really short wait time when I did it. Or I was told by my friend that you have to go to Radiator Springs Racers first because that's the very best way to do it. Now I have done test after test on rope dropping strategies and I am telling you I don't want you to even attempt to rope drop those big rides. Please trust me. It's really almost never a good idea. Now to be fair I have successfully rope dropped Rise of the Resistance and Peter Pan, and Web Slingers, and Radiator Springs Racers, and Guardians of the Galaxy, where I am one of the first people on this ride. But it was very difficult to do, and it was incredibly stressful. And the majority of people aren't going to be able to have as short a wait time as I did. They're not going to be able to make it to the very front of the line, especially if you have small kids. You're just not going to be able to get to the front of the line with all these people pushing and shoving, trying to be first. If you have a stroller, don't bother. You're going to park your stroller, pull your kid out. By the time you get your kid out, the line is going to be an hour long. So don't even bother if you have small kids or a stroller. If you have anxiety with lots of people and crowds and semi-stressful situations of everybody kind of rushing for the same thing, don't even attempt it. Skip it for sure, these bigger rides. However, if you have a group of teenagers or adults or you're by yourself who are up for a challenge, then maybe you do want to attempt to rope drop one of the biggest rides. If you think you can be one of the first like 30 people onto the attraction, then maybe you want to attempt it. But only try this if you are close enough 
to actually see the rope and speak to the cast member. If you couldn't have a normal conversation with a cast member that is there by the rope because you are too far back, then you are not close enough. You're too far away. Abort the plan. Do not even attempt it. Go somewhere else. And if you are close enough to the rope, if you can touch the rope, if you can talk to the cast member, if you are willing to be super fast and walk as fast as you've ever walked and experience a little bit of anxiety, then I give you my blessing to attempt to rope drop one of the big rides. Godspeed. Okay, we do need to talk about rope dropping with Genie Plus because that is, I know I mentioned it a little bit before, but it is kind of a different strategy. So you can definitely combine Genie Plus with rope dropping. It's actually a really great idea. But because of low wait times in the morning, I don't recommend using your Genie Plus until after lunchtime if you're not park hopping. So if you're staying in one park per day, then take advantage of the lower wait times in the morning and ride some of those bigger rides so that, you know, that may have Genie Plus, but you could ride them standby because the wait times are low, so you can ride them more than once, or just hit the rides that don't have Genie Plus so that you can experience those. It'll help you get on more attractions in the day because then later in the day you can use your Genie Plus when crowds are picking up. Now, if you are park hopping, it's a little different because you'll be able to go to your second park starting at 1 p.m. And since you have a limited amount of time at your first park, then you'll probably want to use Genie Plus earlier in the day. So you're going to want to spend some time on attractions that don't offer lightning lanes, like maybe Pirates. Maybe you'd go hit Pirates first, and then you'd start using your lightning lanes so that you could be ready to go at 1 p.m. and have everything done at your first park before the 1 p.m. time. All right, a couple more things I wanted to mention. There's some of you out there that really probably shouldn't rope drop. I hate to say it, but it's true. If you have very small children who need to sleep in and have a leisurely breakfast because they're going to be grouchy and have, you know, it's going to set them up for a terrible day, then rope dropping might not be for you. If you or someone in your group absolutely hates mornings or you're going to complain and grumble all day about having to get up early to rope drop, then rope dropping might need not be for you. If your idea of a vacation doesn't include getting up early and you'd much rather sleep in and deal with the larger crowds, then rope dropping probably isn't for you. Rope dropping isn't for everyone, and that's okay. You can still have a really wonderful Disney vacation without rope dropping. I do recommend getting to the parks as early as you're able to avoid the longer wait times, but if rope dropping is just not for you, that's okay. Don't feel like it's going to you know, ruin your vacation or you're not going to have a good time because you weren't able to rope drop. Now, There are people who are like totally down on rope dropping and they think it's stupid to get up early, but if you have people like that visiting Disneyland with you, then I think you should coerce them into trying it at least one time. Um, I went with my whole family. We had 22 people a few years ago and everyone was like, we're not getting up early, like that early to be at the parks. It's just ridiculous. And so I told them, listen, just give me one day, the very first day we're there, give me one day, 
rope drop with me, leave at the time I tell you you need to leave, and just see how it goes. If you don't want to do it the rest of the days, that's totally fine. I don't care. I'll meet up with you later. I won't feel bad, but just give me one day. And every single person was like, wow, that was amazing. I totally understand why it's worth it to be up so early. And then most of them rope dropped with me for the rest of the time that we were there. If you are rope dropping in order to make it a little easier, I would get everything ready the night before. So if you're bringing a stroller, pack it up the night before. If you're bringing a backpack, pack it up the night before. Lay out people's clothes. If you have kids, lay them out so they're ready to go. I like to pack if we don't have breakfast at our hotel, pack breakfast that can be eaten on the go so that people can eat them while we're walking to the parks or while we're waiting in line to get into the park or while we're waiting for a rope drop so we don't have to take the time to eat breakfast before we go. So we'll kind of eat on the go, have everything ready the night before. It just makes that morning much easier. Okay, I hope that was helpful for you. If you have any questions, feel free to DM me through Instagram or you can email me. There's a link on my website. Check it out. Um, I'm happy to answer any questions if you have them. Also, I just posted all about March at Disneyland on my website. There's tons of information if you're visiting for March. I also, I mean, I have a whole post about every single month, but I just updated March. I put the crowd calendar on there, events. It has a little list about which attractions are going to be closed during the month of March. So all kinds of information. If you're visiting in March, check it out. There's a section about weather, about what you can expect, a little packing list, all things that will be helpful for you. If you're visiting later in the year, you can just go to my website and in the little search bar, you can search for the month. It'll pull it right up. Or if you're not sure when to go, then you can go through and read about each month, see what you can kind of expect as far as crowd levels and events and weather, and maybe decide when it would be the right time for you to visit Disneyland. So I'll put a link to that in my show notes as well. That's all I have for you today. I really appreciate you being here. You are the best. I would love you forever if you would rate my podcast and leave a review. That helps people find me and I would appreciate it so much. All right, I'll be back next week with something new. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk soon.